shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to the Once Who Woke Up podcast. This is Joshua Barnett, and I've got my guest here, Adam Bowles, a uh, local comedian out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. And uh, why don't you just uh, turn to the camera and introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit what, about what you have going on. Uh, yeah, so my name is Adam Bowles. I'm a stand-up comic, been in the game for uh, three years, uh, moved to Austin last year, uh, got my start in Chicago. Um, it was up there for about a year before everything shut down, so I was part of the... Uh, pandemic exodus down to texas and uh it's been really good so far uh met a lot of people got a lot of stage time um i run my own show um which is on the second friday of every month at the alamo draft house smaller um so uh that's been really successful yeah had over 50 people show up i'm so so upset that i didn't know about that offhand like we need to be there yeah, like, absolutely. Like, we need to be there, bro. You're you're invited. Right, uh, but I want to sponsor the thing. I want to go out there and like give give drinks and beer and like smoke and whatever to like all the com- all the comedians, all the all the all the talent. I like to take care of the talent, man. Absolutely. I mean, uh, second Friday every month. So it was just this past Friday. Um, That's so cool. I didn't yeah. realize you were running your own shows, man. Yeah. Well, I it it materialized. I think after we met, because okay, I, so that makes sense. We met. Um, what did we meet? Like, like two months ago, a little over two months ago. Around there, yeah. But right about so, that time was when it was popping. So you, okay. Perfect. Right, yeah. Cool so, days. yeah. Um, July was our first show, 50 plus people. Second one, we got that up to 75 plus. Wow. Yeah, so uh, we ran I, out I, of seating. I think I saw uh, Audrey, uh, Illumin Audrey, sharing that she was going to be doing a show at the Alamo Draft House. She was she on our, like, yeah, she was one of our comics. So cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to have to be there. I'm yeah. going to have to make it out to that. There's yeah. 0% chance that I won't be at the next one. We're going to have to link Absolutely. up. Absolutely. have to link up when the cameras are off. Yeah. Do like business time. Sounds and uh, good. make some stuff happen, bro, because uh, I, I really love your stand up and I really, lo- I really love your vibe. And uh, I think it. that anything that you're doing is going to be like, top notch and yeah so i want to be i want to be a part of that in any way that i can to help like make it better right yeah and, absolutely uh, and maybe i'll be able to poach some people come get into my podcast studio sure like man. i did like because <laughs> you're also like the, the way that i got you here is i was sponsoring uh ozzy's thing right ozzy was doing the grindstone thing uh in right. in, in, in pflugerville that's whenever i was like hey man yes. fucking sponsor what's up come yeah fuck me at the podcast studio we'll have a good time and so hopefully i'll be able to do something similar over there but either yeah. way this the point of this podcast isn't for me to turn into like a greedy capitalist <laughs> predator which maybe i'm just in like predator mode because uh, the thing that we just did elias and i who's slightly off camera yeah um we just did uh, uh, an iteration of uh, his podcast called shut up you'll listen okay um and we do occasionally a thing called we watched okay and uh the thing that we watched recently was prey the okay. new predator movie have you seen that shit no, I haven't seen it yet. Bro, it's so fucking good. Have you seen any other Predator movies? I think I saw, yeah, like the AVP versus Predator. That like, was the worst one. Yeah, yeah I know. Have you, have you seen why. the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Oh my God, have you seen the one with Danny Glover? No. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> so I can't even tell. It's like, bro. It's got no story. Okay. It's just Predator just murdering motherfuckers. This is yeah. Predator murdering motherfuckers, bro. Awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> Highly recommended, bro. Yeah. Prey on Hulu. It's so fucking good. It's everything you want out of a Predator movie, which you don't have a proper conception of what you need to expect out of a Predator movie because right. all you have is the shitty Alien vs. Predator. I think Alien vs. Predator got like a 1.8 on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably. It wasn't my choice to watch it. It was thrust, thrust <laughs> upon me. You know? I don't think it was anybody's choice to watch that movie if I'm being really <laughs> fucking great. Of, of, of versus, so you have like Predator vs. Jason, Alien vs. Predator, yeah. Crash movies. Yeah, so that. It was, it, they did make that right during the hype of like all the like bad guy versus bad guy movies like yeah i was saying alien alien versus predator freddy versus jason shit like that right um batman versus superman or is that yeah that yeah that, that, that tracks that tracks yeah which speaking of batman bro i have an idea for a batman movie okay and, I, and i'm just gonna pitch it so that it lives digitally all right have you seen the movie the town no what's okay. it about it's like uh like uh fucking the guy who plays the the second and newest batman Okay. Um, the guy who's like dating Jennifer Lopez, I can't remember his fucking name. Ben Affleck. Yeah, okay. Ben Affleck. Uh, 
He's like a bank robber, and like him and his buddies who like in work... Boston. Yeah. Okay, so, I might have seen it. Yeah, yeah, so like a lovable group of like antiheroes who are like ripping off big corporations, but doing right by the people in their community. Right. Right. Sure. And the whole movie, they're being stalked and just disappeared by this like dark figure. Okay. And by the end of the movie, it's revealed that it's fucking Batman. Okay. And so it's like a horror movie where, like, you're fucking getting this love for these anti-heroes who are, like, yeah. ripping off Wells Fargo because fuck Wells Fargo. Yeah. And they're, like, throwing barbecues for the kids. And then, like, they go to the alley and just whoosh, Batman's on them. And, like, all you see is, like, black figure. They disappear in, like, horror type shit. And then, like, by the end of it, like, you yeah. get, like, Batman walking out from the shadows revealing that he's Batman. But isn't Batman a good guy? So, like, why is he kind of attacking these guys who are, like... Yeah, they're they're robbers, but they're like noble robbers, I guess, right? Like Bro, are you kidding? Batman's a Trump supporter. <laughs> like, are you like? Let's be fucking frank. Batman could do way better just by paying his fair share of taxes. Yeah. Like, let's be real, real. Like, the guy's out breaking drug dealer spines. Okay, like All he's right. he's never. I've never been like the biggest. Uh, like, bro, go back and listen to like the the cartoons where he's talking about poison ivy. Okay. And Poison Ivy's like, I want to stop the corporations because they're poisoning the planet and shit. And he's like, okay. fuck what you're talking about. Fuck Poison Ivy. Well, corporations, like, he's... like he's, he's Well, he's a, a billionaire, right? Or a exactly. millionaire or it's, something. It, yeah. yeah, he's, like, one of the richest, most powerful men on the planet. And right. so he's definitely, like, leaning in the Gotta, direction. Well, it's at the end of the day, it's, like, lawful good. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, right. like, following the law type shit, not... Morals and ethics. Gotcha. And, and that's where, that's where like, Batman runs astray with me, where it's like... Yeah. I don't think the guy selling a nickel bag on the side of the road needs to be, like, under threat of Batman getting them. I think that the thousand guys on the island who run the planet and are predators and, like, yeah. hold down the planet as bad guys... Yeah. ...need to be the guys fearing Batman. But they're operating legally, so, like, Batman's good to go. But, like, the guy who's okay. just, like, trying to feed his family by selling a nickel sack that evening is, like, literally, like, there's a bat signal in the sky. I can't sell drugs this evening. So... Yeah. You know, I've always had a little bit of a bone to pick with Batman, uh, just, like, in premise. Yeah. Um, but, let's be fucking frank. Batman's, like, one of the goats. Like, he's, he's a badass. I don't want right. to I don't, I don't want to turn into a <laughs> conversation about the politics of a fictional superhero, right? Yeah. Um, but... Well, I didn't... I'm not, like, that entrenched in, like, superheroes and comics and stuff. But after you, a rock. after you said that, it just seems like Batman's a little, like, propagandist. Yeah. You know, like yeah. capitalist propagandist type thing. Yeah, bro. Not that I'm a socialist, but, you know. But, like, you can call a spade a spade, mm -hmm. even if you're not playing cards. And so, um, yeah, I think that it's definitely, like, a ploy. Like, whenever I saw the clips of, like, uh, Poison Ivy being, like, I'm trying yeah. to do right by the earth and the plants because yeah. corporations are doing bad and Batman was still like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, 10-year-old me missed that Poison <laughs> Ivy was, like, the good character right here. What the fuck? Right. Like, what was I thinking at 10 years old, bro? I should have seen this. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, you said that you're originally from Chicago? Uh, like so, I lived in Chicago for six years before moving here. Um, kind of been all over. I'm originally from Florida. Okay. But Super cool. But I've lived in, uh, I lived in New York for four years, Philly for five years, kind of uh, been all it's over. It's like so. all hard places, man. Like, like, New York, Philly, Chicago, these are like... All places where, like, you're, like, significantly more likely to experience violence. Well, that, well... Like, is that your yeah. thing? Is you're like, I'm just gonna go be, like, a wholesome dude in, like, the shittiest places I can find and see how long I last? I don't know. Am I wholesome? <laughs> but, uh... Secret, no, he's I, secretly fucking Gronk spiking kittens uh, into the concrete <laughs> after every show, just like, fucking, fuck this cat. Yeah, no, I mean, I always, like... I liked being in cities... This is going to get political now, but... Let's uh, say what you got to say. Um, until the lockdowns. And then I was like, well, you guys, like... Fuck this. Right. Holy shit. Like, you're telling me, like, where I can go, where I can't go, where I can work. What, like, I can't perform stand-up. Yeah. Which is the biggest thing yeah. to me. And so... You said to come to... Peaced out, you Yeah, know? so you came to Texas. So I came to Texas, even though I hate the fucking heat and humidity. Oh, it's... But I grew up grew up in Florida, so I'm used to it. Well, I think it's worse here, though. I'm not sure. It's different. It's, yeah. So it definitely gets, like, a higher temperature. It's not quite as muggy. Like, mm. it's not quite as muggy. It's like Florida's a peninsula state, right? Like, there's no right. escaping that humidity. Right. But Texas is plainly hotter. Like, yeah. fucking flat-ass out hotter, bro. Right. Um, yeah, it can get, like, pretty goddamn brutal here. Yeah. But, uh, so, I assume that you're, like, in Austin at this point? I'm in South Austin, Austin, yeah. so that's a fun spot, bro. Um, I mean, it's, 
I don't like it, to be honest with you. Like, I just rail against Austin. I don't know if I did that bit when you watched me, but, like, I'm just not a fan of it. Well, so what, what is it about it? Um, I think it's just, like, it has a lot of... It has a lot of problems. For a city of its size, it has the problems of a much larger city. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the ones that I've lived in. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the homelessness issue... Like the crackheads on Sixth Street, like all that kind well, bro, of that's stuff. What, well, bro, that's what happens whenever they're like, "We'll feed you." Like, bro, there's Caritas on Fifth Street, and they'll literally or Seventh Street, one of the two. They literally hand out soup every day. Yeah, like every day. Like, bro, there is like a like epicenter of crime surrounding where they're feeding the homeless, and so right. um, I don't have necessarily a bone to pick with feeding the homeless. But yeah. like, here's the thing: is that I don't either. at some point. If you keep providing the type of help to somebody that yeah. they've been getting and they're not utilizing it in a way that puts them forward, are you really helping them? Or are right. you just enabling a lifestyle? Like, is it a stepping stone or is it just like a permanent thing? That and, you're... And, and a lot of those guys are just like in a permanent state of derelicy where they're right. just like, I'm a derelict character and I'm going to sit out here and do nothing. But I've got this idea yeah. where if if like it can be proven that yeah. you're like habitually homeless, yeah, that should be evidence enough that you're uh, mentally ill. Mentally right. ill to the point that you should be uh, qualifying for disability. Okay. Like, just flat ass out, bro. We spend trillions of dollars on, like, bombs and shit. Right. To, like, vapor, to, like vaporize mud huts. Yeah. But we can't get these dudes off the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, it, and so, well, I want to start an organization called Building Bridges. Okay. Um, bridges that take you where you're going, not to sleep under. Right. And I want to go out and get people to go and bridge the gap between where these people are yeah. and the help that they need because a lot of these people are um like sick sick to the point that they don't trust the government of the system and they won't go participate in it and they just right. wind up living on the street homeless yeah or uh they're so sick that they don't realize that they're sick and they don't right. realize that like they even could qualify right right and so and a lot of these guys even if they want it they don't have an id like bro if you want to get social security disability like, you gotta have a fucking id yeah. You want an ID, you got to have an address. A, a, an address. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I think that there's just like several links in the chain that are, that are, that these people, there are systems in place for them to get help, but there aren't systems in place for them to get to the point where they can receive it. Right. You feel me? Yeah. And so I want to just bridge that gap so that people can actually, like, I do sincerely believe that 90, 90% of the people who are out there homeless are there because they're like sincerely sick. And then yeah. there's like 10% of them that are just like, awakened buddhas whose uh you know priorities fall outside of what aligns with capitalism and they're just like chill with like living on the side of the road because they're here now and enjoying themselves and it's fine right Right. like those guys who are like gonna just like leech off the system like they're gonna be there and they're gonna get taken care of yeah like at this point like i would rather us spend money on taking care of people who are just too fucking lazy to work than us yeah. than us uh, spending money on vaporizing mud huts in the middle east yeah you feel me yeah and so uh i just think that we need to let like love be the guiding principle and how we're like doing these policies and stuff right like we don't need to be bombing people abroad because we hate them we need to be helping people here because we love them and that's like the primary differentiation that i can find between how like the system's operating and how like I feel like it should be working in my heart. Well, we're bombing them for national resources, right? Yeah. Well, so it's well, not I mean, necessarily so. Well, so we're bom- we hate brown people, but we also need their oil. So or we need to steal the oil. Well, so. it's like we're bombing them because their government's bad. <laughs> right. But their government is a group of people that we put in place 60 years ago right. so that we could pull this trick off. Puppet, now. yeah. You know puppet, what I'm saying? Yeah. And and so again, if you if you don't think of it as like America versus Iran or this or that, if you think of it as like countries as pieces on a chessboard yeah and there's like 500 guys on one side of the board and 500 guys on this side of the board and they're playing this game for the sake of enjoyment like no matter what no matter who wins the chess game that you and i are playing yeah we're both winning the entire time the game's being played okay you know what i'm saying like it's it's what you would refer to as a hegelian dialectic no matter which side of the board you're sitting on when you're one of the oligarchs you win no matter which side wins right right because you were there playing the game and the point of playing a game is to be playing Right. right, and they're actually getting to play the game and live without scarcity, and they're out here dunking on everybody yeah. while everybody else is trying to just like figure out how to like afford rice. Right. So I don't know how we got to that point, but like <laughs> fuck the oligarchs, bro. Like seriously, like, the thousand yeah. guys on the planet who run the planet, those dudes are. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily bad guys. I just think that they've been so like conditioned 
by like generational wealth. Yeah. To to like have like these like uh, weird weird values in their heads for like human lives and like weird values in their heads for like how important it is to like manage a social structure and shit and like yeah. It just like makes sense to them, like sincerely. Like I do sincerely believe that, like if if we pluck your consciousness, yeah, and set it in the body of like one of the Rothschilds, yeah, and like you came up experiencing the same experiences they had, you'd feel the same way they do, yeah, right. Um, because our experiences are so like broadly conditioned by our environments and the way things come up and the things you yeah. hear, right. And so like I do believe that they're doing the best that they can for the sake of like preserving. Uh, social structures and human life over the course of a million years like they're like yeah. trying to get like to that end goal right and i just think that like the means don't necessarily justify the ends unless yeah. you're in that circumstance and you can and you have like the the privilege to feel that way you know what i'm saying like it's a yeah. pri- like it's, it's a privileged perspective that allows you to act the way they're acting yeah and so um yeah eat the rich that's what it comes down to for fun well eat the rich. I just wonder if, like, if there is, like, a wealthy person who isn't trying to engage in social engineering, right? Like, somebody who just has the money Mm -hmm. and is just, like, living on their island, enjoying themselves, like, and they don't care about, you know, like, Bill Gates, like, buying up farmland Mm -hmm. and trying to make us eat bugs and all Mm -hmm. this shit. Like, is is there just, like, a cool billionaire that, like, made their money... And then they just, they're not worried about the social engineering stuff. I think they're the minority. I think they're the exception. The overwhelming minority. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, like, the the members of the Illuminati, right? The, yeah. the Illuminati isn't something that you uh, get invited to. Yeah. Uh, an Illuminati member is something that you just are. Right. Right? Like, real recognizes real. Like, you have a yeah. billion dollars and we see what you're doing and, like, we're going to give you the nudge nudge come... Right. Hang out at Bohemian Grove while we like fucking sacrifice a fucking fake girl doll in front of a wood carving of an owl out of a redwood. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just gonna get real fucking weird. Yeah. Um. And so I do believe that, like, even those guys who, uh, who are like what you're describing, have at least like been peripherally exposed right to it. Um. And they're just like making the choice not to. Right. Um. But you know, at some point it is like an us versus them thing where like, if you're not playing ball with those guys, they're yeah. going to like turn on you and keep you from being able to like continue that lifestyle because they're trying to, they're trying to protect their own interests. And like, if you have that yeah. type of capacity and you're not on their team, then you're on the team, not them. Right. Right. And so you're going to, you're going to turn yourself into an enemy. Um, but my big thing is that like, no matter what, bro, like you look at politics and stuff like red team, blue team, all that bullshit, not here for it, bro. No. Um, like Joe Biden, president Trump, the motherfuckers are literally like puppets being controlled by like dudes on an island. Yeah. Um, and I don't give a fuck how hard someone wants to try and convince me that Trump's the modern day living JFK. Not even JFK was JFK that we like to think of. Right. Like even he was a shitball. They're all shitballs being right. controlled by like private interests. And I think that if we could just wrap our heads around that and stop like putting our faith in these systems and these like individuals who like have this charisma and like I feel like yeah. I feel like you can authenticate that someone's a shitbag just by the virtue of them having passed the quality control checks of the corporations to be put in front of you on Fox News. Right. Or or CNN or, like, whatever. Like, if yeah. you're, like, the pundit there, like, in the suit and, like, they're oh, talking yeah. about you, like, you've passed the quality control checks. Like, I feel right. like even, like, I was a Bernie bro. Yeah. And, like, in retrospect, I even feel like Bernie Sanders was a puppet. Like, I literally feel like he was the first, like... Controlled well, opposition, well, Yeah, right? like, like how Trump was the furthest right puppet yeah. to, like, get people who, like, don't participate in politics but are really right-leaning. Yeah. He was there just to get them to engage, and they just yeah. rolled with it because they were getting a lot of movement. And Bernie was there just to get people on the far left who don't engage in politics to engage, right? Like, at first it was like, I'm, yeah. I'm Bernie, and, like, we're going to do all this great shit. And by the end of it, it was like, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you're doing something immoral and unethical. Right. And, it's and like, he had people, he asked people to vote for Hillary, too, which was, yeah. like, the most corrupt yeah, candidate in history. Like, yeah. she was so unlikable that we elected the apprentice guy. Yeah. Who's yeah. been scamming in New York real estate for 40 years, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, uh, like, he, he literally can't operate a fucking uh, charity in the state of New York. He was ripping off veterans, bro. Like, right. what a piece of dog shit. Right. And Trump University, all that shit. Oh, Trump stakes. Everything. <laughs> that dude has ripped off so many people. His whole yeah. thing is going out and saying, look, I'm Donald Trump. 
I've got all this capacity for marketing. People know my name. I can make anything work. Give me enough money to get this off the ground. And then he takes 90% of the money that's given to him to get the business off the ground and turns it into executive salaries, which goes to him. Right. So he takes investor money, lines his pocket with it, and the ideas fall by the wayside because they're just cash extraction schemes. Right. Um, yeah, Donald Trump's like a, a big predator. Like a right. big, big, big predator. Make Absolutely. Um, but, so, you've been in Austin for how many years now? Oh, uh, one year. Yeah, and so, last July. And so you're in South Austin, and you're, like, generally not feeling the vibe because it's got, like, big city problems, even though it isn't really a big city. Well, yeah, and, like, the potholes, like, the roads are shit. And I understand that in a place where it gets cold, right? Like, when there's snow and ice and salt on the roads. Mm-hmm. But Austin doesn't have that problem. Not at all. And so I just don't understand why the roads are such dog shit. Because you go up to, like, DFW. My sister lives in Dallas, mm-hmm. right? They're in the Metroplex area. And the roads are immaculate, right? So, like, is it because they just spend the money better? Like, their tax base is wider. You know, there's a lot of oil money up there. But, uh, but yeah, like... So, it's just, it's just like death by a thousand cuts for you. It's just like yeah, all the little uncomfortabilities. Like, it's fucking hot. There's, like, big city problems. The potholes are there. There's lots of homeless. There's lots of, like, rampant hard drug use. Right. Like, and, like, there's a lot of city bureaucracy, it feels like. So, I uh, I went to a comedy festival last November called Skankfest in Houston. Okay. And, um, and I rent out uh, a room for Airbnb in my apartment. So, I, you know, I leave the key, like, in a lockbox. And, um, and so I left maybe, like, around 11 a.m. or something to go to Houston. The city comes by at like maybe around 1 p.m. And they leave a notice on my door. They're saying like, oh, your your meter is like out of compliance or whatever. Like resolve this within 24 hours or we're going to shut off your power, right? And so I'm out of town. So it gets cut off, cut off right? So my Airbnb guests get in on Saturday. There's It's September, uh, November. So I guess it's not that hot. I mean, it's still hot, it's right? It's too hot. So there's no AC, no hot water. There's nothing. nothing. There's no refrigerate, nothing, right? So I'm in Houston, like, having to deal with this problem. It's a Saturday. So, like, I'm calling, you know, the utility company, you know, whatever. Bro, Austin Austin Electric? uh, Yeah, I think that's... Those guys are the absolute shittiest. Right. They're the shittiest dudes on the planet. Right. So, yeah, I can't get in, in contact with anybody. You know, my landlord, who's responsible for all this shit, um, isn't available until Monday. So, um, you know, I end up having to give a refund to the Makes Airbnb, yeah. obviously. Um, they're like, oh, can we just hang out? Um, you know, like, we won't be there for too long. You know, we'll light a fi- I have a fireplace. We'll light a fire. I was like, cool, dudes, whatever you want. Like, I'll refund your money. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, like, so, let's just make sure this is all copacetic. Like, we're all just trying to get on with our lives. Right. So, um, so I get back into town, and so now I have to deal with this shit, right? So, you know, I'm running around landlord, like, calling, like, the city or whatever. And, um, and I'm like, how do you shut somebody's power off, like, within 24 hours over a weekend? Like, there are no electricians I can even get out here. Yeah. And so, you know... Um, yeah, so just shit like that. So, like, it, you know, it took, like, probably 72 hours for me to get my power back. Yeah, so just, um, like, so just like, like, so like you said at the, just, at the beginning of that big city bureaucracy bullshit. Right, yeah. for a place, you know, like, like I don't even know if that, I'm sure it's, there's some legal loophole for that, but, you know, like, just leaving somebody without power for that, you know, like, you know, thank God it was November and not August, you know? Well, I can, I can but, tell you that, <laughs> I can tell you that Austin... Um, has changed a lot in the last like couple decades. Like I've lived here my whole life, mm-hmm. and whenever I was on the come up, it was like, uh, it was like the biggest city around, but it had like a small town feel to it, right? Right, and like that's all gone, and that's because like private equity has come to town, like, right? Like big, big like New York money, Los Angeles money is coming in and pricing everybody. Silicon up. Valley. That's that's why that's why the homelessness has gone through the roof because I mean like bro like it's like let's be very frank. Yeah. Um, the cost to rent. Uh, a condo in downtown Austin is the same price as renting a condo in Manhattan right, right now. Like, fucking Manhattan prices in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um, and, like, 
most of the people from Austin are like good old boys, like fucking regular old people, you know, yeah. work electricians, you know, this type of shit. Not, not your fucking working not, class. Yeah, not your not her. your tech wizards, not your fucking CEOs. Like those people have all started moving in. Right. And uh, and private equity is just driving shit crazy. I remember yeah. I remember being in college, and arguing for a more socialist um, arrangement in terms of how the flow of capital goes. Yeah. And I remember being told by the professor that socialism breeds grayness, yeah. like a lack of creativity, um, and like that's how you just get like gray blocks everywhere, and it all looks exactly the same. Right. Well, I've seen those in Eastern Europe. Well, 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 <laughs> let, well, well let me tell you a story. Yeah. There was a uh, a gas station downtown Austin. I've been oh. there for forever. Locally owned. Had a beautiful mural that had been there for 20 years okay of like Jimi hendrix stevie ray vaughn yeah willie nelson like legends yeah and it was like people go take pictures at it and shit right private corporation bought the fucking bought the bought the gas station yeah they painted over the fucking mural gray because it's part because it's the because it's not part of the plan like you understand that whenever they're selling these franchises it's by it's it's X yeah. dimensions by X colors and like right. you need to look the same. Right. You know, or else you're not a shell. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so they literally painted over some of the most beautiful art I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. With flat gray paint for the sake of the maintenance of calculable product uh, profitability. Right. And so literally the thing that I was being told in college was going to be the result of socialism is now mm. the result of like this dysfunctional capitalism that we have these days where yeah. it's so top-heavy and it's so streamlined they don't even have the time to consider local variables and shit like that. And it just right. turns into like this big fucking tube of gray paste that they're squeezing out on everything, right? You can just see the mark right. of private equity capitalism on almost anything whenever you see it. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking McDonald's, bro. Yeah. Look at how McDonald's used to look 30 years ago, bro. It looked like... It was red like and a hamburger stand. Yeah, and yeah. now it literally like, bro, you could fucking take the signs off and it could be a goddamn dentist office. Yeah. You feel me? And so it's just frustrating to to see how um the influence of private equity um and the influence of big money moving into the city has really yeah. negatively affected it in a way so that someone moving in really can't even enjoy it because if right. it was a big enough city where you were insulated from some of this bullshit, you could deal with the problems, but it's so small. Yeah. But there's no escaping those problems whatsoever. Like it's like right. it's like there's a fucking microscope on them now because yeah. you've got the problems of a New York City in a town of in a, in a city of you know a million people or something. There ain't five million people along the entire I thirty five corridor from San Marcos to Temple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so we're talking the entire Austin Metroplex ain't five million people tops. Yeah. And we're experiencing these type of problems. And so the traffic. Oh, the traffic's yeah. insane. So, uh, you know the reason why traffic's like that? Um, in the in the 80s. Yeah. You know, so we don't have a loop. We don't have a loop. No. Like, well, like you can't make a full circle around Austin. Right. It sits on that lake. And they intentionally voted against putting a bridge up and making a full loop in the 80s because they thought that it would be a disincentive to people moving here. If they didn't build out the infrastructure, people wouldn't want to move here because they're in a loop. And it's like, bro, that's so low on the totem pole for people's decision-making hierarchy. Like, yeah. Oh, they've got great schools, great weather, great people, jobs, this and that. Right. They don't have a loop around the city. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? And so we've got 5 million people and there literally isn't a loop. And so all the traffic has to funnel into that little I-35 corridor through downtown. Yeah. And it is obnoxious. And it's been yeah, obnoxious. It's been obnoxious my whole life. It's, yeah. It's really out of this world. And are they working on a remedy for that or not? Uh, not that I'm... So uh, <laughs> they're... I think they're trying to put in like a, a a train that goes from the, but it's like it's like. Does anybody ride that shitty train like the? No. So like, I'll tell you what the they're only, always you know they're, they're you railroad what, crossings. I'll tell you what the only people who ride it yeah are Californians. Okay. Like if you're riding that train, I can go ahead and fucking verify you're either poor or from California. <laughs> Like, it's just literally that simple. And, like, they, they were talking about shutting it down. And, like, the local Californians who live in Leander, like, who's the biggest fit. And, like, because, yeah, like, you're getting you're getting in the way of our, like, fucking public transport. Like, it was a big deal for them. Okay. Even though no one ever rides it, right? They're yeah. just, like, fucking got to stick up their ass because it's, like, not the way it's supposed to be or whatever. Um, but, yeah, no one rides that fucking train. No yeah. one's ever ridden that fucking train. I used to have a shop on 5th Street uh, at the Satio Plaza. Okay. And, uh... 
I watched the the crowds come off that train. There weren't crowds, like right. like literally at the downtown stop, and like yeah. no one's getting off the train. Right. Um. And so I don't think that anybody uses it. I just think that okay. it's like. It's I mean, like, some people. For show, use, well, know. I mean, some people use it. Well, like it's a good idea, right? But like, yeah, it is. But yeah, but I think I think in twenty years more people will use the train, right? But like right now, we're still everybody's got their own whip these days. Everybody's got their own cars in Austin. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's not, it's not big to the point where people are stacked in. Like, bro, you've you've been to New York. Yeah, it's a fucking whole different vibe, bro. Yeah. Like, literally, there's just building after building after building after building of nothing but fucking apartments. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so. Whenever you have that dense a population, uh, it makes a little bit more sense. We don't have that dense a population right, right. now. You know, there's a whole lot of fucking space out here, bro. Like, we just yeah. keep kind of going out. Um, or at least yeah. that's the that's the hope. I mean, they're definitely stacking folks in. But, I mean, there's there's just development happening in Georgetown, Round Rock, Pflugerville, Leander, Cedar Park, yeah. fucking Manor, Bastrop, Marble Falls, you know, San Marcos, New Braunfels. Like, all these other cities were like... They're stacking in apartment complexes and buildings and shit, but it's at least like spread enough out to where like it isn't literally stacked in on top of one another. My, uh, right. my, uh, the mother of my child's from the Bronx, okay, New York. and so like I've been able to like experience the difference fucking firsthand. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah, very dense. I did a, I did not do well in that environment, bro. I am a too anxious and like too Texan. Like, yeah, get give me my fucking personal space. Yeah, like you bump into me, I'm gonna hit you in the fucking eardrum, bro. Like, do not touch me. Yeah. And, like, yeah. that's not the case in New York, bro. Like, you're, no. you're gonna get fucking touched, bro. And, yeah. like, that shit ain't for me, bro. Well, like, I mean... Get, like, if you can't... If I ain't got this much space, bro, then, like, pun ain't, pun ain't, pun ain't fucking comfortable. Well, I mean, pre-COVID, like, you get into the subway at rush hour and it's a literal sardine can. Like, you're, like, smashed up against Yeah, so people. I got I got shoved into and... that and I was, like... Ah oh, man, like I was, I was literally like having to get topped off the cliff. Like I was literally like about to start cracking heads, and like, yeah. my old ladies happened to be like, "Oh, let's chill out." And yeah. I wonder, I wonder why we're split up because I'm a maniac. But yeah, you know that's life, bro. Like, don't put me in an uncomfortable environment. Like right. I'm a fucking gorilla, like real life big white ape. Yeah, like don't put me in that environment. Like I grew up in the country, bro. Yeah. I grew up in a, I grew up in, I went to school in a town of 1,200 people, and I grew up in the country. Yeah, like literal cornfields you know yeah. what i'm saying so like i'm used to big open spaces and like room to breathe and yeah. like having my personal space like truly respected and yeah like, that was just like like that part of the social contract had just like gone way out the window yeah uh in, in places like new york so that's it's not for me bro I, yeah. need, I need my space i just i don't do well enough with controlling my anxiety like i have a lot of like really out of control anxiety sometimes and like yeah. i just have to like put myself in environments where I mean like even right. going to the shows bro like going to the shows I have so much fucking anxiety at them shows really? bro I don't like drunks I don't, oh, like, okay. I don't like being around drunks like I understand bro every time I go downtown like downtown downtown I get to a fight yeah like it's not even in the sense like I'm looking for a fight it's just that like the guys who are like 18 to 24 down there are looking to either fuck or fight and like the moment, they have to get their aggression out exactly yeah. and so they're either gonna like grit their teeth and fuck some girl's brains out or they're gonna grit their teeth and fight some motherfucker and like I don't know, like, you see me, like, I feel like I'm not the one to fuck with, like, no. like, big old guy. Same like, here, yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah. there's something about it where, like, they feel like they can, like, check a big guy and, like, feel real good about it. Yeah. And, like, bro, shit goes zero to a hundred for me so quick, like, yeah. it's all respect until you're being ugly, and then I'm way better at that. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be, like, if you're a nice guy to me, I'll be nicer than you, I promise. Yeah. Like, I'm much better at being a nice guy than you are, and if you would be an asshole, I'd be a bigger asshole to you. I'm better at that, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't know. Like, I, like, fucking shit turns off. I stop thinking. Like, I'm, yeah. like, drunk. I'm just acting the way I fucking feel. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker's like, fuck you. It's like, bro, I'll slap that look off your fucking face so fast. Yeah. And then it's off. You know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah, so I get looked at wrong. No. I get, yeah. I get bumped. No. Yeah. Motherfucker act, like, really aggressive towards me. Oh, it's an immediate fight. Like, right. I, like, I got taught to, like, if we're fighting, throw the first punch. I'm not going to fucking get hit in the mouth. Fuck you. Yeah. You're be aggressive towards me. It's going down. Yeah. And so, I'm out. I'm out. I'm yeah. fucking out. So, one of my podcast studios in Taylor, bro. Yeah. So, I ain't even got to worry about walking out front and dealing with a fucking crackhead walking down <laughs> 6th Street or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just... Yeah. 
I know that I'm a menace, bro. Like I know uh, that I know for a fact that like with enough exposure, I will definitely find myself in like a real life jail situation for like getting yeah. into some type of altercation that like isn't so, so, so socially acceptable in 2022. So yeah. I just Which really is, try to control the environment. It's odd that Austin comedy is concentrated around Sixth Street, right? Like I don't know, like if it was always that way. Like you've been here for a lot longer. But, like, I know Cap City was always in the domain or, like, always North Austin. Um, Velveeta Room was always on 6th Street. But, like, Creek in the Cave, Vulcan, and then Rogan's opening his club. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, up until the last five, six years, comedy in Austin wasn't a fucking thing. Right. Like, there was the Cap City Comedy Club and, like, a couple other little spots. But, like, Moon Tower, Tower, like, they would do a comedy festival once a year. But, like, it was never, like, the fucking thing. Right. Right. But Joe Rogan moving here um, just brought a fucking tidal wave of comedians and, and, and people who are, like, looking to be content creators and podcasters and stuff like that. Yeah. And so uh, it's been really dope to, like, yeah. see that influx. I mean, like, I'm so happy that we're here now getting to talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's, like, really, really interesting folks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that, generally speaking, like, comedians are folks who see the funny side of shit, right? Like, that's right. what makes you fucking funny. Yeah. Right? And uh, and you guys tend to have, like, a little bit thicker skin because you're used, to, you're used to cracking jokes. And, like, you can yeah. tell, bro, like, I'm kind of an abrasive fucking dude. Like, yeah. I might really piss the wrong person off just by, like, saying what the fuck I have to say yeah. and not giving a fuck about their feelings. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's nice to be able to bring in people who have a thick enough skin to, like, hear someone have a different opinion yeah. and to hear, like, some direct shit talk to you. Like, I might fucking talk shit about your fucking bald head. Like, who fucking Fine. knows? Like, who fucking, who fucking <laughs> knows? Like, who fucking knows where it'll go? Like, I'm, a, I'm an idiot, right? right? And so it's nice to be able to, like... uh the, the folk like you who are coming around, I really appreciate it. And one thing yeah. that really bothers me about, like, the conservative folk around here is they try and act like, we don't want you around. And it's like, bro, if anybody's telling you that, fuck them. Like, flat us out, fuck them, bro. Yeah. You guys are all so welcome here. Um, everybody loves the cultural diversity in Austin. Like, Austin's, yeah. a, Austin's a neat little city. It's been, yeah. it's had some nasty stuff happen to it with the influx of, of private equity. But, like, yeah. the people there are all really sweet. Like, everybody... Yeah is going to be really, really happy that you're here and that you're bringing your own unique flavor. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy who explained the typical Austinites to me in a really eloquent way. Okay. Um, he's my buddy, Mark Standusky. Shout okay. him out. He's a good fucking guy. Okay. He worked with me uh, for a little bit on one of my on one of my other businesses, my drone dispatch company. He worked okay. with me with some stuff there. Uh, and he said that if you were to take equal parts, northeasterly gentlemen, like think New York business suit guy. Yeah. And San Francisco hippie. Yeah. And Southern hospitality. And rolled those three concepts into a ball. Yeah. That's like the copy cut and paste person from Austin that you'll find. Yeah. Right? Doesn't I'd seem, say that. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like it doesn't it's like if like it feels right. Like whenever that yeah. whenever you just sit back and let that wash over you, it like yeah. kinda rings true. Yeah. You know, it's like there's just enough business, but just enough hippie and just enough like sweet mama type of energy where like right. it all kind of like the, it's the southern hospitality that holds it all together yeah. if it weren't for the southern hospitality this, real, this shit would fucking go off the rails so quick yeah and uh my uh the mother of my child Jen uh whenever we went to New York we visited family and uh she was like why is everyone being so fucking rude I'm like Jen we're not experiencing southern hospitality now like you're used yeah. to the cashier being like how you doing yeah you're used to like people in the grocery store giving you a nod yeah you know what i'm saying like that's not happening here at all at all yeah and so um just that like extra level of like general kindness to one another like even if yeah. you like peek under the hood and they're like a fucking racist maga hat wearing motherfucker like yeah in passing they're typically going to be like you yeah. know what i'm saying and uh and i think that that glue really like holds it together pretty good and i hope that we don't ever lose that i think that we yeah. i think that we may lose it in like austin and i feel like we've pretty effectively lost it in dallas um, yeah. I, still, I still like Houston a lot, though. Houston's, like, a really cool city. Um, I like Houston, yeah. Houston's a really cool city. It's, like, really, really diverse. Like, it, I think it got voted the most diverse city in the United States last year. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, they got, like, a huge Filipino uh, community, a huge African-American community. Vietnamese, a, I think, too. Yeah, lots of Vietnamese, lots yeah. of Asians. Uh, the only thing that Austin Middle has, Eastern as well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. all over the place. So, you get this, like, neat little melting pot. And so, I think that Texas gets a really bad rap, right? Like, I've gone in a... Like, online, I like to do a lot of shit posting, And I'll do Texas Tuesdays. I'm surprised. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I'll do Texas Tuesdays. Okay. Nothing gets me more flack online than Texas Tuesday. Okay. People see something about Texas, and they're like, pack of fucking troglodytes. Pack of, 
like mega hat wearing crazy motherfuckers. You realize that during the election, whenever Trump got elected, we voted in Ted Cruz. Like yeah. we were like fuck all of y'all. Yeah. We're voting Texas, and uh, and I think that there's something like you realize that if that if we just like drop the rest of the United States, we'd have like one of the 15 highest GDPs on the planet. Right. And yet the the United States GDP is negative. Yeah. So how bad the rest of the country got to be doing to drag us down to negative whenever we would have one of the top 15 GDPs on the planet alone. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. uh, you know, also Texas is the only state that has the legal right to secede from the union. I believe I heard that before. Yeah. So, yeah. If, so, so because, uh, it was a Republic and then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we were like an independent thing. Um, we were just like getting taken from Indians. We were like a unified thing. Yeah. And, uh, so, like, if, if Kentucky were to be like, we're not part of the United States, like, um, like there's literally, like, legal recourse that can happen. Right. Like, we're immediately going to, like, march tanks in and, like, we're going to take you back. Right? Can't do that to Texas. Flat but would out. we want Kentucky back? I'm telling you, <laughs> I mean, if, as from a Texan, the whole rest of the motherfucker can slide off into the Atlantic. Right. Like, all y'all out there who ain't from Texas. Yeah. Get to Texas. Before we light a match to the rest of this motherfucker, because <laughs> everywhere else sucks, bro. I mean, right. so here's the thing: people are dope everywhere, yeah, and nature is dope everywhere, right? There's just like politics and social economic systems that cause like mass poverty and shit like that, and like we're yeah. not experiencing that like mass poverty here. And there's lots of like Texas pride, like people are like really proud of where they're at here. Yeah. So there's like a lot of like really neat things that are happening. Everybody's right. packing a gun, so like there's no like fear like if someone was like robbing you in broad daylight like that motherfucker is gonna get shot is like the general feeling that i have right um so i'm gonna do it but beyond that yeah. like the grannies have guns you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. a, it's like a much safer environment where everybody's effectively armed you know what i'm saying yeah um or at least that's how i feel about it like if you look at the number of murders that happen in a city like austin versus the number of murders that happen in a, in a city like uh Pick uh, one. Yeah, like Baltimore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a place where, like Chicago, a place yeah. where, like, guns have been made illegal. The only people who have them are criminals. Right. And that makes everybody else a fish in a barrel. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, like, no one out here is a fucking fish in a barrel. No. And so there's, like, levels of, like, mutual respect that have to be achieved. Yeah. Uh, across the board. And then, again, there's that, like, Southern hospitality mixed in where, like, everybody's just, like, generally sweet on the surface. Yeah. Um, and so I love this place. I mean, if you can't fucking tell... Yeah. I love this fucking place, bro. Like I've been, I've been here my whole life, and I wouldn't yeah. rather be fucking anywhere. There's a few like little countries that are like really beautiful that I'd like to go. Like there's like some like Eastern Asian countries that are like yeah that are like carbon positive and shit, and like you know, like literally like they're just like big fucking forest preservations, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to go just like live in the fucking woods, but yeah. I'm a fucking Buddha. Like I'm an awakened Godhead experiencing myself as my own entertainment. I'm fucking right. infinitely old, right? Like. The participation in capitalism is kind of like uh, it's it's lost necessary it. evil. No, it's, 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 it's lost its pizzazz for me, right? Like yeah. I, I, if you take enough LSD, bro, the concept of money gets like just kind of silly, right? Which have you ever done any psychedelics at all? I haven't, no, bro. I am curious, bro. But... Do you want to do some DMT with me, uh, bro? You got fifteen minutes. We can talk to God today, bro. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. You don't have to agree yes or no. We can talk about it after the podcast. Yeah, like, sounds good. The fucking offer's on the table, bro. We yeah. can we can go and, like, see the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I've had some pretty, like... So, any any drug use out of you at all? Pot. Like, here a little weed here and yeah. there? Like, uh, but not even... Yeah. I mean, I offered you a blunt where you walked in the door, and you were like, nah. No. I offered you a drink, and you were like, nah. You're pretty... But, I mean, you're not, like, against it at all. You're just... No. You're just, just... You're, just, you're just pretty chill with, like fucking regular old state of mind like, yeah you, know, you don't need to you don't need to jazz up the mix at all yeah like, that's good bro like yeah. you realize that like the way that you're feeling is like what the people who are doing drugs are gunning for right right like so don't feel weird about not doing drugs like it's gotten to the I'm point <laughs> well it's gotten to the point now where like like you talk to people and they're like i don't do any drugs and they almost feel like they have to like be in the closet apologetic yeah yeah and it's like bro no like you're fucking happy bro like yeah. good for fucking you bro right I got to do LSD and meditate for six hours, but I want to fucking feel good, so... Right. Which isn't entirely true. I fucking feel great. I just like to be silly about my psychedelic use. Yeah. I'll fucking take LSD and do DMT at the peak like a fucking tyrannosaur, bro. I'm a madman when it comes to this shit. I have... My big thing about psychedelics is that they, like... Let me see. Let's do something for the people at home. If you were to if you were to just look at this, well, I want to do it right here because that's going to be where my logo is going to be. Okay. But if you were to just see this right here, 
And this was the only way you ever saw this, ever. You would just think that it was a two-dimensional rectangle. Right. Right? It's just a two-dimensional rectangle suspended in space. Yeah. And that's reality, my dude. Like, everybody is just looking at this reality on the surface. Okay. And you take LSD and it goes whoosh. And it goes, oh, fuck. There's whole extra dimensions to this. There's a whole like, right. layer of depth to this fucking thing that, like, I'd forgotten how to recognize because yeah. I've been passing my reality through the filter of how does it relate to capital gain for me. Yeah. Or like whatever, right? And so, uh, it, it, it's like, whenever I took enough LSD, I saw the face of God in the in the lead of a pencil. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. And so, like that level of that level of profoundness exists everywhere. Like, bro, whenever you're whenever you're here now, and you're yeah. not like thinking, and you're not thinking about what happened yesterday, and you're not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, and you're not uh, actively like being confronted with a flashing series of images in your brain or like yeah. a train of symbols and thought and words whenever all that turns off bro yeah bruh magic just erupts off the surface of everything bro yeah and that's what psychedelics help do is they just change your your your, your psychological orientation to a degree that it is difficult for you to keep your typical trains of thought. Okay. And so you're just kind of stuck with looking at things as they are right now. And that's where, like, bro, like, where the foreground and the background come together, bro, like, that, yeah. that line right there, bro, the energy that's, like, the fucking fifth dimension comes bleeding in right there, bro. There's yeah. so many neato things that can happen. I mean, I talk about this story a lot, but uh, I uh, ordered $200 for the hash. Okay. And $200 worth of LSD showed up instead. And so me and my cousin did it all. Like all fucking right. assholes, bro. And I had my heart waiting as a feather of truth in the hall of Anubis. Are you familiar with who Anubis is? No. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, the the Egyptian gods, uh, they, the, the tall dude with the dog face? Vaguely, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. A, that's Anubis. And he has a hall where they uh, weigh your heart against the feather of truth. Okay. Right? And that's like basically how you get judged. And I went through okay. the and I went through the whole process. I got so high that I thought that I died and I was never coming back. Right. And uh, and I got to, I got to literally go through the process of being judged. And at the end of it, it was basically like, "Dude, you're doing all right. Yeah. Like, keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna be just fine." And in that moment, it struck me that I was being communicated with by the galactic consciousness. Okay. Like everything that like everything that you experience, bro is getting downloaded and stored on, like, a big solid-state drive on the back end, bro. Okay. And that solid-state drive is aware of itself, bro. And it okay. has access to all the knowledge and all the experience ever been had by any sentient thing. Yeah. Anywhere. Not just, like, here on Earth, but in every infinitely slightly variated version of Earth, yeah. and in every alien planet there's ever been, and in every slightly variated version of that alien planet there's ever been. Like, bro, yeah. it's, like, the most... The, just the most incredibly robust and wise thing that you've ever experienced. It was like a flowing river of light in my periphery, bro. Yeah. And it told me that I was doing all right, and I realized that I was being communicated with. And the first thing that occurred to me to ask was, what's the purpose of life? Of course, yeah. And it told me. It's a four-letter word, and I'll give you one opportunity to guess it right now. It's, Fuck. <laughs> it's, it's close. It's because it's because fucking is an act of love, bro. Yeah. It's love. Love is the answer, bro. Yeah. In every circumstance, that's the way to be. Like literally, if the universe is infinite, right, and yeah. it's splitting off into like slightly variated forms of itself as we pass through it, right. The thing that causes it to split, right, is whenever a sentient being makes a decision. Yeah. Right. Whether it's to blink, to breathe. To like anything, bro. Like any any conceivable communicable decision that you or the bugs or the dogs or anything makes, yeah. the universe splits into two. And the primary intersection that we're coming up on whenever we get to that split point yeah. is whether we're going to act out of the principle of love or out of the principle of fear. And okay. if you act out of the principle of love, I promise, bro, that you'll get hurt. It's not going to be like the best throughout, but I yeah. promise, bro, by the time you get to the end of this playthrough... yeah. You'll look back at what you've done and feel really satisfied. It'll right. have been a really, really beautiful experience. Yeah. And that's the point, bro. It's like, hey, fuck capital gain. Fuck all the bullshit that, like, everybody else is telling you to measure your life by to determine how well you're living. Right. Bro, the only metric that fucking matters is how true to yourself you're being and how loving you are. And at that, I feel like we can call this a podcast. 
yeah, I just wanted to, since I shit on Austin so much, I wanted to take a second to tell you what I do like about it. Sure, yeah, dude, absolutely. Which is, like, the comedy community, right? Like, it's really awesome, meeting a lot of cool people, and yeah. it's very supportive, and a um, lot of opportunity. So, like, yeah. it's a lot easier, I think, to grow as a comic here versus New York or LA. So do you think that's a matter of we have a, a healthy community that's growing or is it that those other places are already so saturated that like, it's hard to find your voice in a, in a crowded marketplace or is it like a complex combination of both? Um, I would say that there's, you know, a lot of gatekeepers. And... So not as many gatekeepers here. Right. Right. Like if you want to get to the bag, there's someone here who's like, let's get to it. Right. Um, right. So I've ran business in Austin my whole life. Okay. And the thing that shocked me as a young, I mean, 22, 23 running my own businesses. Yeah. Is how many people went out of their way to facilitate my success. Right. Like people want to see each other do well around here. Yeah. And so uh, I'm glad that you're experiencing that. Right. Like, right. And, that, and that was what we talked about earlier is that yeah. when it comes right down to it, like the thing that is the selling point for Austin is the people. Right. Right. The people are dope. Everyone's going to go out of their way to see you succeed. Everybody's yeah. chill. Everybody's got like Southern hospitality and and like they're gonna, right. they're gonna try their best to do right by you. And exactly, I'm really glad yeah. that you found your way down here and that you're enjoying it, man. Yeah, man. Well, dude. All right. I feel like we can call that. So, uh, yeah. one, one last time, introduce yourself to the camera, and, and and like if you have anything going on, make yeah. sure that everybody gets one last opportunity to hear that before we go. Okay. Yeah. So Adam Bowles, uh, Adam the comic on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, I have a show this Friday. So all my ticket links are there. So I have a show this Friday. Um, next Saturday, I'm up in Fort Worth at Hyenas. And then uh, next Sunday, I'm competing in Funniest Person in Austin down at Cap City in the Domain. So all that's going to be Neato. on my um, so, Instagram. So your your show, what, what do you all call it? Does the, does it like have yeah, so it's the Dark House Comedy Show. Okay. Uh, it's the second Friday of every month at Alamo Draft House Muller. So the one in North Austin. Mueller? Uh, Mueller. It, so it's like North... north uh, West Austin. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, so the one off Airport Boulevard. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so um, we have uh, Hans Kim coming to our next one, so he's a regular on Kill Tony. Beautiful. Um, yeah, he's so, touring with Kel with uh, with Tony Hinchcliffe and Joe Rogan now, so he's always on the private plane opening up for Rogan, 15,000, 20,000 people arenas and stuff, so we got, we got him. You're coming to it. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely going to be there. Yeah. The only thing is that so I do, uh, I'm a single dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so sure. It's funny. I keep saying we're going to end the podcast. Fuck that. We're having a good combo, man. We're having yeah. a good combo. That's the point. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a single dad. Right. And so uh, I How wrote. How old is uh, your kid? He's like two and a half. Okay. He's a little tyrant. <laughs> and uh, God, I love that kid so much. But uh, yeah, fuck. I started thinking about how much I love my kid and I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? Well, I asked how old he is to ask, you know, if he could bring him. But <laughs> Oh, so all the stuff I could bring him is, yeah, I, I probably won't be able to bring him. And yeah. so, like, depending on when it falls, I'm going to be, um, I watch my kid, like, Friday, Saturday. Okay. And then the next week I'll have him Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Then, or, or Sunday, Monday. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So, yeah. like, depending on how it's lining up, I might not be able to make it. But, like. But you'll make out to one of them. Eventually. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. So it's going to be on my radar, and I'm going to do my yeah. very best. And, uh, you know, eventually the shithead will be in school, and I'll, I'll be able to move around a little bit more. But okay. um, between here and there, I, my priority is to take care of my kiddo, first and foremost. But, um, <laughs> dude, I appreciate you for putting it on my radar, and I'm going to try my very best to make it out, man. Because, yeah. like I said earlier, I'm certain that anything you're putting on is going to be a fantastic production. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate well, dude, it. I appreciate you for coming on, bro. Yeah. Dude, it's been a real pleasure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's Adam Bowles, and he's been a fantastic guest. Everybody give him a follow on social media and stuff. You know what to do. Y'all go give him some love.